Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Terry. I'm Tally. And we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. She was laughing because when I when I pressed record, I kind of looked at her like... Yeah, you gave me a really funny face. So I, didn't know <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking about figs and you were yeah. giving me a funny, funny reaction. I have a lot of snacks. I'm going to try not to rustle them or eat them during the podcast, but I make no promises. And currently there's a fan on. And we apologise. It's still fucking hot here. Not as hot, but too hot for someone who is just like very warm blooded and someone who is very, very pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if last time we mm. said baby would be about two days old if baby comes on time. So oh, yeah. this episode, hopefully, baby's definitely come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be super pissed if baby is not here for this episode. Uh, Isn't this, this is like October to be fair. So, September, October? September. Yeah, September. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be this is like the second week in September. Well, actually, yeah. no, it'd be the third. The third fifth. week, yeah. Yeah, so baby better be ready for him by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you listening to the record like, I am mad! <laughs> baby, get out! <laughs> I will eat curry, I will do all the things they said. No, I won't really do it. I found out this time around that if you eat... If you drink, oh, I can't remember what it is now. There's a particular like rose tea you can drink, yeah, which is supposed to help. Rose hip, yeah. I was gonna say rose hip, and then I doubted myself, mm. and I was like, oh, I might do that because apparently it opens mm. up vaginal stuff <laughs> and um, <laughs> cervix. It opens up the cervix to be more correct. And um, vaginal stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna do that. So I put them in my basket on Amazon, and I was like, right, I'm gonna do that. And then I thought, well, I'll have a little Google, see if there's anything mm. else I can do to help out. And then I just happened to come across a thing that was like, do not do rose hip tea if you've had a caesarean. And I was like, oh, oh but I'll just remove that from my basket. This might be too much for the listeners. But, uh, so, uh, wait, I don't understand why if you had a caesarean last time, how that affects the pregnancy this time and how you might give birth. Is it just because you were, like, cut open? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of my internals, like organs and layers, and they go through so many layers for us. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't know anything about it beforehand. because yeah. I am. Um, I would have been petrified. I'm, but I would have been as petrified as I am this time round in case I have a cesarean. Mm. But just because of the scar tissue and everything, it makes yeah. it all weaker. Okay. Um, that's why, uh, as much as I would love a home birth, I'm not even allowed the option of it. Mm. I have to go for. If you have three caesareans, you they tell you you can't have any more children. Really? Like, they're like, literally, your body can't cope. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's so weird that it's like major surgery and they just send you home like two days later, like, bye! I know. And it takes like... <laughs> they take out all of your internal organs, put them to They put them like... Yeah. yeah! Yeah, I think it's... I don't know why, but I watched a caesarean surgery on TV and I just think... I just watched like a little visual representation of what they opened. This was after mm. the surgery because obviously I had no yeah. plan on that. It was all meant to be a beautiful hypnobirth, but obviously whatever. And someone like this midwife had all these layers of different felt and she was showing that they yeah. all cut different ways and how it opens up and I was like, fuck that. Yeah, have you seen the ones on TikTok? It's like the simulated birth ones where it's like what people in obstetrics use for training. And it, it is like they have like a a pretend vagina and they show like the baby being pushed out and like how you guide the baby out yeah. and stuff and I was like <laughs> you know like we've gone the other way I now have too much information <laughs> you know like that woman on TikTok who does the pro cons list yeah yeah and like she sees she like she'll stitch a video um, yeah, for people who don't have TikTok yeah. she'll stitch a video which is where you kind of like take the first like five seconds of the original video and then you add your own and she'll stitch like a video saying something to do with childbirth and then she like goes to her own video and she scrolls down this list of pros and cons she's made. It's like a note and, sack, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in her notes. And the cons are just fucking hilarious. So yeah. she scrolls down all the cons as she go and then she adds the new like pro or con. 
Um, last time I saw it, like I was, I was scanning the cons as she went down. Like, yeah. There was loads of stuff that I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that is true. Like, oh, yeah. But like, I don't know because obviously I interact with a few of them. I've now seen, I now know too much. I followed a midwife on TikTok for a while, and I was like, and I now know too much. Yeah. Like, there just needs to be a better system. We need to evolve past this. I was talking about this last night with my mm. partner. I was just like. It's just crazy how we, as a human race, are still going. Nothing wants us to make it. Mm. And we're still, still just trudging on. insane that people were born without modern medicine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, people are born all over the world which don't have access to modern medicine. Like, how? Yeah, and in Western cultures, there's a big push to people. Like, people just go into woods to give birth mm. and then are confused, like, when they and or their baby are not okay. Yeah. Don't talk about baby death. Oh, yeah. Just yet. We'll do that in a future episode when we're doing Halloween recommendations. (laughs) But yeah, I just... But even, like, even in England, in the hospitals, like, they're pretty... Like, they let you kind of guide it a little bit, but it's still quite male-heavy medicine. Yeah. Well, just, like, where not enough research is done on this particular area of medicine. Like when you had sort of you were poorly and they're like, We don't know why, but no. baby's fine, so Welp. Sorry you're bleeding. <laughs> if you bleed something that looks like a baby, let us know. Like, Alright. <laughs> that's it, and that's like modern medicine. Yeah. It's just like, we yeah. don't know. But they don't know anything about baby. Let's not go like yeah. Well they do, but they really don't. <laughs> Because like where my job, because it's single cell research, and there's some research that's been done on endometrial assemblies, which is like a, a, a way of nurturing, like a cell thing. But anyway, and it's like a quite a controversial area because they obviously mm. need baby cells to analyse to figure like why things happen. Mm. But like, yeah, they're still figuring out their connections. So like, this brand new paper's coming out right now to say like okay we detected more of this hormone and it made this happen but we still don't understand why but we at least know there's a cause and effect it's just ridiculous isn't it i just anyway we're not going to talk about babies today apart from that bit as far as i'm aware Uh, we'll probably mention it every podcast day yes and then after that it'll be the babies here (laughs) so i was asking in the discord group i mean Mm. If it would be, if I would be judged mm. for putting books onto my baby wish list, like books for mummy, yeah, and then I was like, yeah. my monster books. <laughs> 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 like, imagine like my mum looking at the list and being like, the fuck is this? <laughs> Maybe make two wish lists. One, one for the more conservative people, and then one with like what you actually yeah, want. One with just like baby blankets on it, and yeah. one with mummy needs some books. <laughs> <laughs> mummy needs some monster smile while she gets no sleep. <laughs> It'll keep me awake yeah. whilst I'm feeding baby. <laughs> oh. Well, what books did you read while I was in the womb? <laughs> well, darling. <laughs> yeah, like. With my son, I'd be like, oh, I read, I, I just really kind of got back into reading. I read a lot of fantasy. And then with this kind of, like, I read a lot of really weird monster erotica. <laughs> <laughs> Might have contributed to the weird dreams I was having. <laughs> um, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> right, so, after that opening tangent, it's going to be the only one. My poor child. <laughs> Don't don't call social distancing. She's a great mum. I am a great mum. She's <laughs> a very happy child, even if he is sometimes very unique. He is himself, just completely. Oh, he is, and it's just fantastic. He is confidently him. <laughs> yeah, he's completely himself. Yeah, and it's just sick. And I I entirely approve of it. Yeah, I love it. So let's do this. I thought because of Sandman coming out on Netflix. I'm so excited to watch it. It's really good. I thought we could cover like the film adaptations later, like the mm. film and movie, TV adaptations later. But I have watched it. And um, apparently they dropped like an extra bonus random episode the other day. Did you watch that? I don't know. 
pressure check for Netflix. Um, so I watched that the other day and I was like, wait, let's talk about an author like different to the five authors we usually speak let's about. Let's mix it up. Let's do something a bit different. I was like, at least it's a bit on topic once. We're on trend, kind of. By the time this comes out, this might be a bit after the fact. You are right, same new episode. Yeah, apparently it's just like a random bonus episode that was just dropped in the two back. in this two start part story collection. <gasps> okay, what I'm doing this evening? <laughs> I've been watching Fleabag. So I, haven't watched that. I rewatched Fleabag and I finished it as That's well. The first time the I've other watched week. it. I I watched series one, but my mum didn't enjoy it and it got too annoying to watch around her. So <laughs> um, I have seen, I keep meaning to watch it because I've seen loads of clips. And I was like of the impression that the priest was in it the whole time. And then he came in, obviously, the first two. episode of season two. So I'm like, I've just finished the third episode of season two. So there's three episodes left. So I'll probably finish that tonight. Or the end. Read. No, one The last episode is a bit heartbreaking, yeah. but like in a really good way. She's not going to do the third season, is she? Because she no, said. No, we know third season. Yeah, she said the to... second one is. I'm really loving it so far. It's and so it is, good. It's so clever and so funny and not at all about Neil Gaiman, but I just had to throw it out of there. But <laughs> I like, you know, the bits, have you got to the bits where the priest starts to see where she talks to the camera? Um, yes, yeah, so they were sitting on the bench talking about foxes or something. And he was like, what was that? And she turns to the camera. Yeah, she, he was like, we can just be friends. And she's like, that'll last a week. And he's like, where did you go just now? Yeah. And then she like looks at the camera like, what the fuck? And he's like, there as well. And I was like... Later, when they're like, they're having that, I'm trying to do this spoiler for you, they're like having like a full on like row about something, but it likes leading to stuff. Mm. And then um, she's like turning to the camera through the row to like anecdote. Yeah. And he's like, can you fucking stop that? Oh my God. And he's the only one that's seen like, they just have like, you know, like at the dinner where she's yeah. like, no one's asked me a question in 45 minutes. Yeah, and then he like, turns to her. And I'm like, oh! That whole, that first episode. The whole oh, thing is... I kept is, pausing it and just going to me, please watch this show. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you're talking about the female gaze, like, the way Phoebe Waller-Bridge, is that her full name? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. The way she wrote him, that's the thing, that's what, like, why is that hot? But it is. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, he is a hot guy. Yeah, but, as well. And, but, yeah, I know, because I was watching it and I was like, it's filmed from the female gaze. Yeah. The whole thing is so beautifully done. Well, you know, like the bit, have you got to the bit where she goes to see him and she's like, Are you all right, father? And he's like, Fuck you calling me father like he doesn't turn you on. Um, just to say no, it. No, but I've seen that clip. <laughs> That's what I mean. Though. All the clips I've seen were of him and her. So I assumed yeah. he was in it from the very no. beginning. And I was not expecting. Um, this is completely off topic. Yeah, I know. It's all right. I was not expecting uh, the the storyline in the first one of her best friend yeah it's a bit I was the like, first oh. one's quite the first series is quite intense mm, really and then good. the ending of season two is just heartbreaking like without spoiling it but so that's why I haven't been watching that. Sandman yeah. because I've been watching Fleabag yeah <laughs> let's talk about Neil Gaiman and Sandman <laughs> <laughs> so yeah which I'm got... very excited to watch because the man Sandman looks hot it's it's and Sandman as a whole sounds cool. Mm. It because the comic has been on my radar for quite a while. Yeah, um, I looked into like I was like, oh, I wonder how much it is to get them. There's so many chapter books, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the problem when they do these um when they do TV shows or films about something that's established and been out yeah. ages. I'm like, there's so many, and then usually there's like loads of different timelines and blah blah yeah. blah. And you're like, where do I start? Yes, I am really tempted to buy them and read them mm. so it when i was starting to do this episode i was like i think i've read a couple of books i have read like five or six of his books Aww. over the years so it turns out i have read a lot of neil gaiman just just like added together yeah. yeah so i thought fuck it let's do a little author feature on one that isn't someone that we're both already <laughs> completely in love with like lee Bardugo. or like akatar again yeah or ak mold <laughs> or what the other ones basically anything i have hyper focused on throughout this year has featured heavily <laughs> yeah, on the podcast like, i mean this is just basically me getting just a to the timeline like... of your hyper focus <laughs> <laughs> it is me just putting my hyper focuses on the world like i know a lot about a thing now <laughs> hear me bro <laughs> I'm just going to bring it up obsessively for seven episodes. And then move on to something else. <laughs> oh right, let's anyway, do this. 
Once again, the diagnosis is calling from inside the house. <laughs> All right, so let's do a little bit of his bio. Uh, it's, most of this information is going to come from Neil Gaiman's own website because mm-hmm. there was a lot on here compared to Lee Bardugo's. Like, she had a very small bio on her website. This is quite She's detailed. She's like, I'm cool, what of it? Yeah. And he's like, I'm cool because. And I checked Wikipedia and it was like the same information but more words. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to read his own. Um, so he's born in Hampshire, UK, uh, and now lives in the United States near Minneapolis. Uh, he discovered his love of reading through C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Talking, James Branch Campbell, Edgar Allan Poe, Michael Moorcock, Ursula L. Le Quinn, Jean Moore, and G.K. Chesterton. I like that name. And self-described feral child who was raised in libraries. Oh, it's my child. Yeah, it's your child. <laughs> you can have you raising the next new game and how cool would that be? <laughs> Like, we, we went to the library the other day, and it was a really fun... He was excited to go to the library. I was... Te- when I was in town the other day, I was, like, really tempted to go sign up at the library, like, we sign up. Please do, because so then the I can one get in your town Kindle books. has brilliant, brilliant selection compared yeah. to mine. Like, my fantasy selection is three little shells. Yeah. Whereas the one in your town is fabulous. Yeah, I know. And also, they have the... Um, the audible audio books and the Kindle books as well. The e box. Yeah, I go for so many audio books yeah. on there. Yeah, so because that like I've spent money on Audible this month to get extra credits, and it's just it's ticks. It's cheaper than if I was to like just buy the audio Audible like on its own, but yeah. still too much. Sign up with the library, mm-hmm. and then if you and then get Kindle Unlimited, and then sign up with Scribe. Yeah, which is again about eight pounds a month. Mm. Yeah, I was just completely absent myself from reality, like I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been great. Like every every time I'm commuting, like I've been listening or reading or like just. I lately when every I'm lunch doing, break when I'm doing housework, I get through like eight hours of an mm-hmm. audio book. Obviously, I listen to it on like two times speed. But yeah, I can't I'm, listen to them on fast speed. That's I'm the doing like struggle with. whole books in one day of housework. Mm-hmm. It's just zoning yeah. out and getting on with it. Yeah, and I've been listening to them whilst working, working. Yeah. Even on my in-person days, just like, just a sort of voice in my just ear. have it out loud on the speaker so everyone can hear your book. <laughs> to be fair, so I was listening to like some smutty books and I was like, do you know what? It gives me a secret bit of joy to be listening to a smut scene Same, yeah. with a completely straight face at work. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why this entertains me so much, but it does. Like, I would just be like, oh, talking about spreadsheets. And in my ear, I was like, and then he... <laughs> One of the ladies in my Discord, um, had, she had Bluetooth speakers and they, uh, the battery died and she was on the bus and she was listening to a smart scene. And she was like, she said she was scrambling to find her phone yeah. in her bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yet to happen. Because all of my headphones, if you take, if you like turn the headphone off or turn, take the earphone out, it doesn't start it playing pours. on the phone. It yeah. pauses. Um, like I think I put that setting in on. Purpose. Yeah. So like, when um, I only have wired headphones, mm. but when I accidentally pull it out, it pauses. Yeah. Instead of playing out loud. Yeah. Because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, I mean, my work colleagues, I only see them obviously in a professional setting, but they seem a bit. Not not conservative, but like not that open about those kind of things. They probably don't want to hear yeah. about <laughs> sex against the tree or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Though to be fair, the, the collection of ones that I found that read Akatar, they're not in my like immediate department, but they're around. <laughs> I think Akatar is one of those series that's kind of mm. branched across. But then we had to explain what Akita was about to someone else. And I was like, so here's the actual story. But I was like, but side note, lots of sex. <laughs> and they were like, and then this person just went flame red. And I was like, I was just being honest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even hide anything. This is why five women have gathered around me to talk about this book. <laughs> anyway, yeah. back to the topic. Okay. So, all bad tangents Neil, Neil today. Damon is a... My son in the future, yeah, got it. Uh, so, gaming credits, librarians fostering a lifelong love of reading. I wouldn't be who I am without librarians. I was the sort of kid who devoured books. My happiest times as a boy were when I purchased, persuaded, not purchased, my mm-hmm. parents, 
persuaded my parents to drop me off in the local library on their way to work and I spent the day there. I discovered that librarians actually want to help you. They taught me about interlibrary loan. So early writing career, like pretty much everyone apparently, he started his career as a journalist. And his first book was actually a Duran Duran biography that took him three months to write. His second book was about Douglas Adams, Don't Panic, The Official Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Companion. So he described his early writing voices. I was very, very good at taking a voice that already existed and parodying it or pastising it. So yeah, and then his first graphic novel came. He helped with one, like a collaboration after that. And then the groundbreaking series Sandman followed collecting a large number of US awards in, 70, in its 75-issue run, including nine Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards and three Harvey Awards. In 1991, Sandman became the first ever comic to receive a literary award. So, like, he's credited with being, like, the father of a certain kind of almost genre or, like, graphic numbers getting taken a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. He does seem to be accredited with a lot um, of that from what I read. Yeah, because I think before then they were just seen as, like, superhero mm. stuff that kids read or, like, Archie comics, that kind of like. Uh, yeah, and then 1991 he won, he won the World Fantasy Award for Best Short Story because of Sandman. Mm. Um, which is crazy that hasn't been made into a film or TV sooner. But it probably would have been shit. It would have been made made as a film. It needs. It would have been crap. Yeah. (laughs) It needs. It needs a series, and it needs like modern special effects. I think Mm -hmm. to be as cool as it is. Oh, literally jumped to the next point. (laughs) Neil Gaiman is credited with being one of the creators of modern (laughs) comics, (laughs) and he works across genres and audiences of all ages. And he's listed in the Dictionary of Literary Biography as one of the top ten living postmodern writers, a prolific creator of works of prose, poetry, film, journalism, comics, songs, lyrics, and drama. Basically, when I was going through this, the dude doesn't appear to have ever taken a day off. Mm. Right, because, like, getting his complete list of works... It's just... It's fucking long. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how... I didn't realise how much poetry he's written. Mm. He's got loads of published poetry. Like, individual poems and then anthologies as well. Hmm. Uh, so we're going to get to that in a minute. But I he just that. has a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I took a lot, took a lot of drugs in the 80s. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, drugs might have played a part you know, in like some of this. Stephen King has a very long yeah. <laughs> bibliography. So this section is sci-fi, fantasy and social media. Because they've literally divided... Like, everything I found on him, they had to divide it up. Because they couldn't cover it all in, like, one section. Mm. Um. Sci-fi, fantasy, and social media. Audiences for science fiction and fantasy form a substantial part of Gaiman's fan base, and he has continuously used social media to communicate with readers. In 2001, Gaiman became one of the first writers to establish a blog, which now has over a million regular readers. Also, he's quite well-known. I would dream of that. (laughs) Do you know what? The funniest bit is, he's really well-known on Tumblr for just piping up on Tumblr as himself. I love people like that, yeah. So he's like, he's he wanders around Tumblr and people will like do writing posts and he'll just comment. Yeah. Like, he'll comment like things, he does it on Twitter as well. He'll just like... I, But I, I particularly love um, authors and celebrities who still visit Tumblr because Tumblr mm. is still heaving. Yeah. It's still like such a a place for people to share their writing. Because I like, obviously I see a lot of it come over onto Pinterest. That's mm. how I see a lot of it. Tumblr isn't super easy to just mooch on. Like you have to go out of your way to find things. There's like a for you page, and I'm quite lazy. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, nowadays I just use it to read smutty fan fiction. Yeah. I used to use it to look at artwork, but not so much. Yeah. Most of, so most of what I see from Tumblr is where it's come over to Pinterest. Mm. But uh, So in 2008, Gaiman joined Twitter uh, as Neil himself. He is quite fun to follow on Twitter, by the way. Uh, and now if has, I ever go to the dark side, I'll yeah. check it out. <laughs> he has 1.5 million followers, and people call it like a micro-blogging site. I don't know. So he does like little blogs in 140 characters or whatever. It's 280 now. Is it? They doubled it about five years ago. <laughs> It's still a fucking ball ache. That 280 character limit is the bane of my life in my oh, work. Oh, it's like when you're trying to do, um, like, the meta description mm. for a blog post and it's like 250 or whatever. You're like, oh. Do you know what? Where I do science stuff, and science people like choosing really fucking long names for things. Like, 
And then, like, they all can't agree on how to abbreviate it. So you can't always necessarily use the abbreviation because the next person doesn't use it like that. So yeah. it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do we do? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, so he's also got writing for young readers uh, and then writing for adults. This is kind of goes into his fiction list, which I'm going to go into, like, the publication order in a second. Mm. And then film and television, a lot of his stuff has been adapted, but he's also done some original scripts and worked on a lot of film and TV. Yeah, so you're right, he's never had a day off, No, right? Dean has never had a day off. Oh, he's also featured now. in several anthologies. Um, let me see if Wikipedia has the answer. No, yeah, sorry, I've just messed you up now, haven't I? Oh, he was born in 70, no, he was born in... 84? Well, maybe he wasn't high in the 80s. <laughs> oh, no, wait. He is active. Don't worry. He was born in the 1960s. <laughs> He's 61? Jeez. Unless that's not the picture. Maybe, like, all this stuff he does to do with gods and stuff is just him, like, secretly telling us he's like some kind of yeah. crazy immortal. Oh, sorry, um, that was a little tangent. Nice, no, all right. I just realised it actually isn't in his biography. Actually, how old he is? <laughs> yeah, because why would it be? <laughs> yeah, he's in a bunch of anthologies. So, I could not find one list of his works in publication date order. They all divide it up because he has done so much. Yeah. So it's done by sections. Hmm. I was literally trying to find like a one list that showed it like start to finish. He's the type of person that on Wikipedia, when you go on his bibliography, it goes to another page. It's not just a big drop down. Yeah. 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 And it's also divided into sections. So, novels. So, this is the publication order of novels. 1990, Good Omens, which he worked with Terry Pratchett on. 1996, Neverwhere. 1999, Stardust. 2001, American Gods. 2005, Anansi Boys. 2007, Inns World. 2008, The Graveyard Book. 2013, The Silver Dream. 2013, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. 2015, Eternity's Wheel. 2017, Norse Mythology. And then his illustrated books. 1997, The Day I Swapped My Dad for Two Goldfish. 2002, Coraline. 2002, A Walking Tour of the Shambles. 2003, The wolf, Wolves in the Wall. That's hard to say. 2005, Melinda. 2005, Miramas. 2008, Odd and the Frost Giants. 2008, The Dangerous Alphabet. 2009, Blueberry Girl. 2009, Crazy Hair. Did you, did you say Miramask? Yes. Based on the eponymous, of, of eponymous film, I can't say that word, written by Gaiman, so it's a film he wrote. Epi, 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 that, that word there. Eponymous? Eponymous? That's the one. Yeah, I've got that. It's really creepy. Yeah, so it's actually a film written by Gaiman, uh, directed by... Makes yeah, sense, it's really creepy. Directed by McCain, who was then the illustrator of the illustrated book. Uh, 2010, Instructions, 2013, Tuesday, like choosing C-H-U, choosing. 2013, Fortunately the Milk, 2014, <laughs> Choose First Day of School, 2014, Hansel and Gretel, 2014, Sleeper and the Spindle, 2016, Tuesday at the Beach. 2017, Cinnamon. 2020, Pirate Stew. And then the number of his works that have been adapted into comics. So, Neverwhere, Coraline, The Graveyard Book, and that's been put into multiple volumes. Neil Gaiman's American Gods, again, multiple volumes. Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology, multiple volumes. <laughs> and then his collected works of short fiction and poetry. Um... Angels and Visitations, 1993. Smoke and Mirrors, 1998. Fragile Things, 2006. M is for Magic, 2007. Who Killed Amanda Palmer, 2009. A Little Book of Ghastly Stuff, 2011. Uh, Trigger Warning, 2015. What are you looking at? Is there like a little animal in your palm pot? Oh, this? It is. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I just... Get distracted. I was like, why why does that plant look like <laughs> an animal? <laughs> so I really like cheetahs. You know I have the cheetah teddy. Mm-hmm. Got that one as a kid. Sparked an obsession with cheetahs. Mm-hmm. So unusual for me. And they were my favourite animal for like pretty much my whole life. 
my brother bought me a cheetah toy, a plastic cheetah toy, as like a weird extra thing in a birthday present. And now it decorates one of my plants. That's fair enough. Because it looks like a jungly plant. I thought it was sort of the cheetah. I in the thought jungle. it was a branch, and then the more I kept looking at it, I was like, "Why has it got a mouth? Why has it got legs? What is this?" I yeah, there's like it's going crazy. there's so many weird decorations on these plants mm. once you start to look. Yeah, um, like I don't even know. I don't know how I haven't noticed that one before. Yeah, I mean, all the plants are weird. One of them's got an Eiffel Tower on Eiffel it Tower. somewhere. I can't remember which plant's got the Eiffel Tower at the moment, actually. That one just... Yeah, that just confused me and it caught my attention whilst you were reading. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I can see you, like, like what am I looking at? <laughs> oh, Sometimes I just... forget what I've put on them and I'll see it, like, in bed and I'll be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, even the ones where you can't see the soil, they've all got decorations on. Yeah. Um, I'm so quirky. <laughs> Quirky girl. And they're quirky. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> I've got like so there's a, you can get it's a weird thing you can find in National Trust, like places around the UK. Mm-hmm. It's these rocks with googly eyes and they have names. Mm-hmm. So I buy them. Of course, yeah. <laughs> they're only like two pounds each time. And then so they're all around the different parts. Um I've lost the things with their names on. But like Yes, I've seen them. I and they've all got like little feet. They've got little metal feet. I used to have a huge collection. I think my mum's got rid of it now. Mm. Of thimbles because I used to buy a thimble everywhere yeah. I went. And then I had a li- I had a thimble display case. Oh, cute! I don't know why. Yeah, like all of these knickknacks, it became hard to display them all, so I just like put them on the plants. Mm. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've got little dinosaurs. And but we obviously I was gonna say we have a child, but actually I had those little decorations, <laughs> some of them for him as well. So Yeah, and I got those little like turtle ornaments mm. and they're all in the plants. Yeah. Yeah. So there not? we go. And we've got ducks over there. I've got rubber ducks. It wasn't a branch that was staring at me, it was a Cheetah. <laughs> anyway, let's we'll return to the endless list of his work. Um, oh, you're not even going to remember where you were now, are you? I think I scrolled whilst talking to you. I know. Which is not helpful. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I did scroll. Scroll back. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Ah, we're at short fiction. Okay. Oh, we finished short fiction. Okay, and then there's uncollected, and I'm not going to read all of these out because, okay, so this is all of his poetry in this table here. Um, yep, nope. So that's, there's a lot there, and it spans from about uh, 1985 through to, like, 2021. Yeah, no, fine. So, <laughs> dude does a lot of poetry, and these aren't in anthologies, they're just kind of there. Um, there's a lot of um, things with milk. Maybe he's lactose intolerant and mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got a whole bunch of adapted to comics, which is another massive list. Uh, Negative Burn, Only Double Feature, Distant Soil, Murder Mysteries, Creature of the Night, Fact in the Case of the Departure of Miss Finch. Facts in the Case of the Departure of Miss Finch, that was a lot. Dark Horse Presents, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, Troll Bridge. Forbidden Brides of the Faceless Slaves in the Secret House of the Night Dread Desire. A Study in Emerald. Neil Gaiman's Likely Stories. Snow Glass Apples. The Problem of Susan and Other Stories. Chivalry. Shadow Show. Frolic Anthology. Shock. And then there's a whole bunch of anthologies he has edited but not contributed to, which I'm not going to read out. Imagine being like the kind of author where you can be like, your name presents mm. <laughs> like hitting that point in life. Yeah. Antonio presents. Yeah. Uh, and then, dude has done a lot of audio and video work as well. Of course he has. Uh, so, are we gonna? Do you want me to read all of it out, or are we done with this yet? I really hope that um, my child is 
This creation has not yeah. also a pro. pro I think these are all audiobooks adaptations, mm. actually, a lot of this, of his work. Papa Children's Audio, yeah. Does um, he do his own audiobooks? I think he must, he must do something like that. I think. Mm. I listened to the Norse Mythology one, and that was by Stephen Fry. Norse Mythology read by Gaiman, released by Harper Audio in 2017. Oh. So there must be a version out there that he read. Hmm. Uh, screenwriting work. Uh, so some of these are adaptations of his work, and some of these are other stuff. 1996, Neverwhere. 1998, Babylon 5. 2009, Ten Minute Tales. 2010, Arthur. 2011 to 2013, Doctor Who. 2011, The Simpsons. 2016, Lucifer. Uh, loosely based. Oh, I didn't know Lucifer was loosely based on his Gaiman's characters. Oh. Um, I'm assuming that's Lucifer as in the series on Netflix. Yeah. 2016, Neil Gaiman's Likely Stories. 2017, American Gods. 2018, he was in the, the Big Bang Theory about the parody of him as himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019, Good Omens. 2022, The Sandman. And then film. 1997, Prince, Princess Monoki. 2003, a short film about John Bolton. 2005, Mirror Mask. 2007, Stardust Beowulf. Two different films there. Okay. That was an implied comma. Uh, 2009, Caroline. 2013, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. <laughs> 2015, The Making of a Superhero Musical. 2017, How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Um, <laughs> he's got such a mixture of genres, hasn't he? He's and he's also contributed place. to a video game, Wayward Manor. So basically, yeah, might need to take a day off. Not even slowing down, is he? No. So what, um, what books of his have you read? Right. Because you said it was more than four. Yes. So, I have read Good Omens, um, of course it's in the TV series. Love both of them. Um, Good Omens was really fun, and because he co-wrote that with Terry Pratchett, and you can almost kind of tell the, epi- the episodes, the chapters that are a bit more Terry Pratchett-based than Neil Gaiman-based, but obviously they both have the same kind of... where they write... Like gods and things like that that are personifications of like human things, mm-hmm. they have the same kind of baseline theories. And whether who came, like obviously Terry Pratchett came first, I think. Or was it Neil Gaiman's inspired by? Because a lot of like death is obviously like a personification of like a human yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. blah blah blah. Uh, and like a lot of that stuff is to do with like how belief manifests them and stuff like that, which is in Sandman a lot as well. But Good Omens, um, have you read or seen? No. Oh. On my list. <laughs> so this is like this a demon and an angel who both get sent down to Earth. It's got um, David Tennant. David Tennant and, who and I have Michael, what's his face? Stupidly large crush on so. Did you Did you see where someone like tweeted saying that they really want to rail David Tennant or whatever? <laughs> And his wife tweeted back saying he's too old to even understand what this means or something like that. Uh, <laughs> she responds to a lot of tweets about him. So I saw yeah. one like, I wonder what David Tennant is up to. And she tweeted back saying, currently looking for the TV remote. <laughs> she's like a little bit younger than him. So yeah. I think she gets a lot of the vernacular that he yeah. probably would be like, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, like, like he that. had to, he did one film where they sent him on the HR team sent him on a course about like emojis that are appropriate to use to colleagues to do with like help like sort of obviously don't send your colleague like the eggplant eggplant emoji and um, so I saw an interview with him on Graham Norton where he was talking about he didn't know this and he's like he's like I've used these emojis and he's like I didn't know I was harassing people Oh my god. He's like, he was like, and he says to the audience, to everyone, he's like, did you know this? And everyone's yeah, like, like, everyone yeah. knows this. And he was like, you know that little water splash emoji? He was like, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so, yeah, I think you are right that she maybe has to interpret it a little oh, bit. I love it. I love that he, because he was a big fan of Doctor Who. And then he married the daughter of the doctor who oh, no. he was a fan of. <laughs> um, have you seen uh, like 
they were at a convention and it was the doctor who that's the father of the daughter that he married and like one of them was like someone asked in the crowd was like oh what's the weirdest thing a fan has ever given you and someone else yelled a grandson (laughs) (laughs) so true um yeah that's like fan behavior to the max did you see that i was totally tangent about david tannen let's do it did you him. see, you know, when they honoured him and he got like, he did that video of him where they'd interviewed people talking about him and his no, reaction. I don't think so. Oh, I would watch it. It's so sweet. He gets like a special award at some award show. I can't even remember what it is. And like, no one told him he was getting it. And like, so basically, they just start this video, which is like talking about him. And he's interviewed a bunch of people like from his career. Yeah. And like, his face when he, because he like looks around like me. Aww. And then people are saying really nice things, and he's like really abashed about it. And he's like, "Oh, I love." Um, like he, they interview with Billy Piper and the actress, uh, oh, ginger haired actress who did the Vicky Pollard film, not Vicky Pollard, um, Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. They interview Catherine Tate and like all those kind of people from his Doctor Who day. Anyway, anyway, yeah, anyway. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> good omen. So that is, there's a devil and an angel. They get sent down to earth to obviously, the devil guy, well, not devil, he's a demon. To, he gets sent down there to fuck the demons. Aziraphale sent, gets sent down there to like stop, stop it. Mm-hmm, yeah. But both of them are like playing with humans but at a god's command. And they kind just of like chaotic. Yeah, and they're like, they're testing humans and tempting and all this kind of stuff. And then... Um, then over time, like, it kind of follows them a bit in the history. And basically over time, they realise, like, if they just work together, their work is easier. So then, like, the demon will start to, like, cover some of the angel's work. So the angel can go to, like, he's like, he's like I'm going to go to a festival this weekend. Oh. Can you take on? Can you do this? Oh, I like that. Or, like, they realise that they've been sent to counteract each other's work. And they're like, what if we just don't do, don't do it? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then they start to realise no one's noticing. Um, and then they kind of become friends over the years. Mm. And then um, the story kind of kicks off with uh, Lucifer has a son on Earth, and they like they're both sent to protect him. So that like Lucifer, um, the demon's there to obviously stop Crowley's there to make him evil, and Aziraphale's is there to stop Beelzebub's child mm-hmm. growing up evil. And then they're just like, but then they actually get the wrong child because the child gets swapped at birth in the hospital so then they've been protecting the wrong child they've been like influencing the wrong child yeah and then the actual child that's the son of lucifer is in a sleepy village in like the countryside in the uk and he's like he's and when his powers start to come out he's just using them to play like make-believe with his friends um yeah so it's like he does little snapshots of that story and that's very pratchety those Mm. bits and then you have like the four horsemen of the apocalypse because this kid is supposed to start the apocalypse but then his own friends become four horsemen themselves through his powers but not really they're like just four mates Um, and it's all about them versus like these four demons oh that sounds so cute it's so good and like them two obviously the angel and the demon basically decide they don't want the world to end because they like the world but it's very good and the series really does it justice and there's going to be a season two and it's because obviously this it, it ends at the end of Good Omens the book mm-hmm. but Neil Gaiman has helped write the season two so that oh, it so fits in the canon the of the world of, yeah yeah. Oh, cool. yeah anyway that's very good and Nancy Boys to this day I cannot explain to you what happens in <laughs> <laughs> Nancy oh. Boys it is the most batshit book like, there's no Terry Pratchett to tame the Neil Gaiman-ness. And I, to this day, could tell you, not tell you what happens. So Anansi is an African god. And he has two sons that are half, I think from what I remember, are half god, half mortal. Seems to be a bit of a theme. Yeah. He one likes of, to investigate <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And one of them gets raised on Earth. The other one gets raised, like, in the supernatural kind of plane, which I can't remember what the proper words are. I read this book, like, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's later, and, like, the one that's on Earth doesn't know about his twin, doesn't know he's a demigod, doesn't know any of this, and mm-hmm. then it's about him finding this out. Oh. And, like, 
you see Ananzi a little bit. I think he gets featured in American Gods at one point. Um, so Ananzi was an African god, and then throughout, obviously, the slave trade, he becomes kind of before they get converted to Christianity. Ananzi's there trying to help the slaves and stuff, and it it kind of goes into all that stuff. This is very half remembered, so I'm sorry if it's wrong. And but it's about the son who was on earth discovering his actual heritage and about the gods and couldn't really tell you what the ending is like i don't it was just lots of bizarre things happening and yeah but it's very would cool you, would you recommend i do recommend would i just reread i think i would just maybe to help me understand oh, yeah <laughs> what i read but it's, it's a good read and it's very makes you think kind of stuff because it's all about god and belief and how christianity sucks yeah it's not, and he doesn't really go into Christianity, but it's it sort of... No, I read that instead. Yeah. But it does, it does explore the old gods, and, like, obviously it being an African god, like, all that kind of... It does explore that a little bit. American gods. I've also watched the TV series. The TV series changes a lot of things. American gods is another one. A lot of batshit stuff happens. Um, I want to watch the show because... It looks like the actors that were in it playing mm. different gods really appears. Yeah. Especially that woman who plays the Easter Bunny. Yeah. I like her. She's funny. Whereas she was really like the goddess of spring or something mm. originally. And before that, like, she's obviously the, like, the Celtic version of that. And then the Norse version of that. So it's how um, the Easter holiday has yeah. morphed throughout. Yeah. So... They have like the old gods, which are the original like Norse gods and all of them, who obviously are brought to life by human belief, and then humans stop believing in them. So it's about how like certain gods adapted uh, okay, okay. to so, like to the Easter Bunny, how she adapted to like the modern version of Easter. Is that the, is what is she that the was? show that you told me that they have like all of the different Jesuses? Yeah. So like they, she does an Easter celebration, and then she has all of the Jesuses that have been conjured, in, like it conjured into belief by humans, by different cultures, yeah. and how they see Jesus. Um, and then like they do sort of funny stuff, like that's the original Jesus, and he's obviously like Middle Eastern looking because <laughs> that's what he would have been. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of stuff, and she's like, "There's Mexican Jesus." <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Um, and like you have Wednesday, who is actually obviously Odin, and he, the main character to do with how he's related to Wednesday, and he gets taken on this journey by Wednesday, and it's all very symbolic. It does explore like the original Odin myths, but like modern gods, and then there's like new gods. So there's like technology and social media. They're gods. Yeah. Well, they are treated as gods. Yeah, so yeah, it's like brought about by human belief, and there's like yeah. desire. There's like the god of desire and lust, but like how that's changed throughout the years and kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting because like she obviously they explore like the whole like Tinder dating stuff and how the desire god would use that. So did you have you read this book as well? Sorry. Yes. And is it obviously comparable? Yes, they like modernize some of it because obviously more modern things. But there's like a god of guns. And they find him in America, and like he's taken over a town where they're like worshiping him with guns. That does not surprise But like they're not actually worshiping him. Yeah. So like they're at a gun rally, and he's leading the rally. The god himself is leading the rally, and they're all like shooting guns in the air, and he's getting powerful from it. But they don't know they're praying to a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like he's like he's yelling about like Christ himself, blah blah blah, like like a lot of that kind of certain type of American yeah. people how they behave like redneck americans so he's like doing one of those speeches at a gun rally talking about the christian god mm-hmm. and at the same time he is a god himself like getting power from it and it's it's all about how to yeah. do with like gods the gods adapting and surviving to them and it's really interesting mm-hmm. and it's all to do with like belief manifesting and what we worship as people and yeah the main character goes through a whole journey with wednesday not realizing he's like related to Wednesday, and then yeah, it's very good. So, I've put this one with a question mark because I don't remember reading it, but I think I was supposed to for uni, and I can't remember if I did read it or lied about reading it. Of- Ocean at the end of the lane, I've read that. That's the only one on the list that I've read. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember reading it. 
and that's not to say it was bad it was just uni um <laughs> so it's about a guy who goes back to visit like his childhood home and he starts remembering things from when he was a child so his neighbor there was a little girl who lived like in the house nearest to them and they were friends and they used to play together and stuff and she um from what i can remember because it was mm. a while ago i read it as well she uh is very much like helps him to see like the magic in the world mm. and they start imagining things and then um they're i don't know because it's a short book i don't yeah. know what can be considered a spoiler or not but then there's something in the ocean it's not an ocean there's something in like the lake that they okay. pretend is an ocean for their children um that kind of comes to life okay and i guess i'll just leave yeah, it there i think i read that uh norse mythology i've read yeah i enjoyed it i expected it to be more of like like american gods where it was like mythology explored but as like story stories mm. but actually they are retellings of the original norse mythology like yeah, stories yeah. like the word of mouth stories but put down on paper and like as the best way as like possible they um me and my partner listened to it as an audio mm. with the library yeah. and we've told our son these stories and he, <laughs> he like, talks about them a lot yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah he's always asking if like Fenway is angry and stuff i was surprised at how much of it i already knew as well of like how much it's permeated through like culture yeah. and stuff i really love the story of loki becoming a fly in the eye yeah you know what i could not like actively remember anything from it yeah <laughs> yeah I think there was the one where like Thor and Loki went somewhere and they had to like eat something as a challenge and I remember that one. Thor is hilarious. Yeah, he's like, just such mythology. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like an idiot in the mythology. Yeah. And Loki's like smart. I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how they're portrayed in the Marvel universe mm. as well. Except they've made Thor a lot sexier than he was in. Yeah. Well, it's sexy by like our standards these days. Yeah. Maybe short and the hairy and ginger was the <laughs> sexual norm back when those myths were being written. I don't know, but yeah. Um, and then I thought we could talk a bit about Sandman to round it off because I watched the TV series. So that's to do with like concept of like Sandman as in like dreams being a god. So he's actually called the god of like his dreams. Lord of Dreams. He's not a god in this, but there's like different lords. So there's like a Lord of Desire, like Despair, and they're like all siblings, and like Death as well. Like Death is usually personified in most of these books. Morally grey character. So I'm I mean, the voice. I've not even watched it. Really the voice before. is so good, and like I've seen interviews where he talks about how he came up with the voice of how to sound like ethereal and kind of like immortal sounding. And does he nail it? Yeah. And I don't know how someone like just makes that voice, but like they've not used really that many special effects on his voice. It's actually just him. Yeah. Because I've seen interviews where he did does the voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Am I into this? No. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so like Sandman gets trapped, and the world of the dreaming obviously suffers because he's been trapped, and it's like not his magic to maintain it. And then so the first few episodes are him like getting his powers back, and then dealing with like the consequences of his absence and stuff it's not very long is it it's like 10 episodes i think mm, eight or yeah. 10 episodes mm, but they're like hour-long episodes yeah. like each episode might as well be like a whole film okay yeah they are very good yeah i'm gonna save that for when i'm up on the baby a lot of his stuff is very well like... they sleepy though <laughs> no i'll be too busy checking them out mm. A lot of he his... looks. He looks like a starved man. I, that's my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, there's bits where he's trapped, where he's like almost fully naked on screen. Yeah, and I'll he's just it. like, but the, like the way he like makes himself look like creepy. Not creepy, but like like something immortal. Yeah. Like there's no special effects. It's just his body, mm-hmm. but the, his movements is and he the way. Actor, or is he like a dancer by trade or something? Or he must be. An actor. The yeah, acting's too good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But like, just the way he moves his body and like contorts it. I don't, it I don't and, think like, I recognise his name. I don't think I've seen him in anything. Else. Yeah. 
And he has a really good way of, like, when he's in scenes holding himself like that, there's kind of stillness you would think, like, someone who's, like, a god would have. Um, and, like, the person they have playing Lucifer is um, Brianna Tarr from the Game of Thrones books. Yes, 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 I've And I was like, she's I've actually such a good Lucifer. Like, Lucifer is a woman. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean. My only complaint was Despair is the only plus size character. Ah. So it's the only thing I was a bit like, "Mm, did you have to do that? Like, the only fat person in the entire series is Despair. Like, if that had been like gluttony, fair enough. Even then, like, a bit on the nose, like, gluttony is not always food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a bit So that would be my only complaint. But, like, Desire is, like, non-binary in it. Uh, so they refer to Desire as them, mm. whereas the rest of them have, like, he, she, like, pronouns. So oh, I, I like that. Cool. Um, and they purposely, because I, I sort of saw an interview where they were talking about there wasn't much diversity in the original Sandman, written in the 80s. So they've put more diversity into the series and Neil Gaiman like drove that for the when they wrote the scripts and like cast the characters. Yeah. Because like there's no reason Death couldn't be a black lady. Like in all the drama of the Percy Jackson casting. Oh I think oh, and the Lord of the Rings casting. Oh yeah. We can't Just go have for it people. people that are not white playing character out there. It's an imaginary world. <laughs> it's literally a fancy world. Like there's no reason there's no reason the elves can be. Like in in Tolkien, he um describes them as fair, which everyone's like that means they're white, and it's like well no, because in his day fair mm. meant like beautiful and ethereal. Yeah, that can be someone that's not white. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, <sighs> yeah, people just mm. love any excuse to be. Yeah, so I'm surprised. I'm just surprised that he didn't get any backlash for it. But maybe because um, although there has been some oh there has been so they were, he I've was seen, like yeah. he's responded to people saying like oh Sandman's gone like gotten woke because oh, it ad- addresses some like difficult topics in the series as well mm. but he's like crap he's like he basically tweeted like if you have a problem with it don't, don't watch it. it yeah he's like I don't and people don't were like you ruined Sandman no one's gonna watch it and he's he like, just tweeted literally my own he replied <laughs> with. The rankings worldwide of the series oh, on good. on Netflix, yeah. and he was like, "Clearly, they are, yeah, because it's number two in the world, worldwide Netflix." Yeah, so <laughs> I just don't. Our world's going backwards. It seems like you know when you're like, "Oh, we're making so much progress," and then suddenly we're and very then, much not. Yeah, like I had it's totally off topic, but on topic sort of it's a related <laughs> topic. So I went shopping for jeans yesterday. Yeah, you. when you said that, I was like, why do you hate your Like, I hate buying jeans. I hate jeans. Buy and jeans. not only are jeans, like, annoying to find, mm-hmm. but every shop I have to try on 100 pairs because they're not the same size anyway. And yes. they don't know how to make them for thighs. And all of my clothes have tears in the thighs and I'm sick of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I no, was my, bitching about this my the jeans, day. the longest I can get a pair to last is six months. Mm. Because I have the chunky thighs. I put on my uh, maternity jeans the other mm. day and they just split all down there. And mm. I was like, can they even last it three more weeks? Yeah. <laughs> so I went jean shopping and I had to try stuff on because, again, it's, you can never be guaranteed. It's warm as well. I just don't know why you've done this to yourself on a Saturday. Because I have no trousers yeah. except my floaty trousers. And where the weather is going to turn soon. And I was like, I can't have no fucking trousers. Because I had no jeans, like all of them ripped, and I had no leggings. Like I had, it was like I've been putting this. It was off. an emergency. I had to go. Yeah. I had, had the free time. I was like, I have to go. Can't pay off any longer. So I tried a bunch of stuff on. Not kidding. Okay, same brand, same leg length, same shop, different colours, two inches different in the waist. Actually, two inches. Yeah, that's a different fucking size. Um, so one of them is a loose fit. Of the same size, and one of them's a tight fit, same size. It makes sense. I remember, like, and I new look. I'm sorry, your sizing has gotten new whack. look is disgusting. Like, I don't know what's happened. Their size has come up so They've small now, and they used though. they used to be my go-to for years. Because yeah. I remember last time I went like proper jeans mm. shopping, 
um, I was like a 10 everywhere. Yeah. In Lila because of 14. Yeah. I mean, I've always had to buy bigger sizes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what is going on? But they're high-waisted Yasmin jeans used to be like perfect. Mm. And for some reason, they changed the material of the jeans. For why? And some woman in the shop, when I asked her about it, she was like, she was like, literally, we don't sell them anymore. She was like, I don't know why they've done this. I, and they've, um, they've made them smaller. I now. just bought a load of um, Levi's on Depop mm. and they've lasted so much longer because they're like yeah. thicker jeans. But you're, you are sort of a bit more, um, you've got less. The thing about Levi's as well is that they have different size. Like, mm. It's not just a size 14, it's a this waist, this leg, this. Okay. So yeah. that's why I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to spend the money on them and see if they last longer. And they have done. So I think from now on, I'll just. Might have to like do that. that. I might have to bite the bullet and yeah. start buying. Because like... I was getting sick of replacing. I was replacing yeah. jeans like every six months. Yeah. And I was sick of it. So it's just not good for the environment. No. But I just. Anyway, so I went, I went, did a bit of shopping, and like, for the fact we're moving towards like a bit more inclusivity. And like a bit more body diversity in ads, in in like even what you see in fashion, clothing's going the other way. Everything's so small. Everything is so Fast fashion small. Fashion is just so bad though, especially recently. Yeah. Like their their cycle is going so fast. Seventies stuff is now suddenly in everywhere. Like everything was seventies colours. Like early two thousands has been twilight. Yeah. yeah. That's not fashion. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was only like, yeah, that was 15 years ago. Like, well, not even like, that. No, you should, that shouldn't be a vintage fashion that you're yeah. putting on. That's how bad everything's getting. But like, yeah, like, 2000s fashion was everywhere, but there was just a lot of 70s patterns. And I was like, what the fuck? What is going on? <laughs> Although I do find that 70s patterns do come out every summer. It seems like the bow mm. Yeah. But yeah. But everything, everything is just right coming now. up hella small. Because mm. I know I haven't gained weight. So I'm like, this is the shop. You're just like, I, there's got, they, ugh. even I went to a plus size so- store and some of their stuff is coming up smaller and I'm like, what is going on? There needs Did someone change the sizing or what, what's happened? There needs to be an agreed upon standard. dimension standard. Like men yeah. have. Men always have it easier. Like I can just buy a medium in any store. But if, I guess like, if it was that easy, they wouldn't be able to sell diet mm. products to women. But it's even like, so I tried on a size 16 top, but I don't know who they thought would wear a size 16 with no boobs. So that there was just no boob room cut. And I'm not particularly well endowed, people who can't see me. I would not say I have particularly big boobs, but there was literally no boob room. And I was like, how can I be wearing a 16 that's baggy everywhere and then Except tight across the... Can't breathe on the chest. Yeah. yeah. Like, who, who is cutting, who is making this clothing? Thinking someone a size 16 has no tits. Like... So, anyway, on inclusivity thing. It's on topic, sort of. We're talking yeah. about diversity, and I co-opted it a little bit. <laughs> to have a complaint about clothes. But I agree. Like, it seems like we make progress, and then, but actually what's being sell- sold by consumers is different. Yeah. Like, to consumers, sorry. Anyway. Mm. Um, apart from that tangent. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy learning about Neil Gaiman? I did. A different? I don't know if you're asking me or the audience. Uh, I did. Either. I did yeah. enjoy that. Yep. The yeah. only thing I knew about him was about his girlfriend. Oh, his do, wife. You, do you want to tell the fun facts about his wife? Because I, I don't know. Just that, that she was voted as the most hated woman in the world in like 2014. Why? Um, she is quite controversial. She's a musician slash artist slash performance artist. Okay. And she is very controversial and she does a lot of crowdfunding to pay for her endeavours even though she's rich and is now married to a very rich man. Mm. And she says a lot of stuff that is considered not very PC. Okay. That was all I knew about it because oh. everyone was like, because she's joined TikTok and everyone was like, get off TikTok and she got heavily like bullied by everyone just being like we mm. don't want you in our space and she got blocked by loads of people and stuff and she was just like I'm too cool for you guys you're in your 50s calm down <laughs> <laughs> or you're in your 40s like saying yeah. saying like racist or sexist stuff is not mm. it's not edgy 
Yeah, and putting it on a public platform is just... It's not edgy anymore. <laughs> it's a fool's game yeah. in this world. Like. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was pretty much all I really knew mm. about him. Mm. And it wasn't even about him. <laughs> it seems like he personally doesn't... I don't know why he would be with someone that's like that. Because it seems the opposite of what he's like as a person. But maybe mm. it's just like a stage persona she has. Maybe. Or maybe Neil Gaiman's publicly woke. I don't know. <laughs> She's a... I think it's like a punk band or something. She draws her eyebrows on. That's enough for me. Hey, 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 hey. No, but she has them entirely. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, some of us, no, no, some no. of us, she our eyebrows them. never grew back from the 2000s, okay? <laughs> she has we them entirely them removed and she draws them <laughs> I mean, potentially, it was because she <laughs> so overpucked them, they've never grown back. But she has, mm. like, no eyebrows and she okay. draws them on. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and she draws them as one thin line. So I'm like, that's okay. Ooh. I will judge you and I'm yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Great you know, even drawing them on Sufi. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm glad to learn a bit more about Neil Gaiman and his drug habit and stuff. I mean... Alleged. That, yeah. <laughs> Unverified. Just things I see online. Just assumptions. <laughs> things I see on Pinterest that come over from Tumblr. And uh, he, he gives me, like, Stephen King vibes, and Stephen King has been very vocal about all the drugs he uses. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe, I don't know, am I off chance you listen to this? And he'll take a day off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, you've been busy. <laughs> Also, where does someone come up with, like, that many ideas? Like, I don't know how you live in that brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. Is that his real name, Neil Gaiman? I don't know. Good name. Good name. Is that mean? Some people are just born to be authors with some of these names. Mm. Like, there's nothing else you could have been. No. Or, like, some kind of artist. Like, maybe you manifest it, that's the issue. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Speak to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.